You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally upholder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. Connor, people are going to think this is a baseball podcast. Oh, yeah? Because last week we talked a lot about poor Max Stassi, the catcher for the Angels. And this week I want to talk about both the Angels and the Dodgers before we get to our huge We should make it a baseball podcast. Baseball with a side of politics. Well, here's the deal. Um, Have you heard the news? Uh, Artie Moreno is selling the Angels. Really? Yeah, he's tired. He's had them for like 15 years. Wow. And he's tired of the game. I mean, he isn't actually taking them to the World Series. Title losing, maybe. What do you think about us getting some friends together, a syndicate, and <laughs> a putting consortium. in a bid? I'll tell you what I'll do. Okay, I call it Magic Johnson. In, no, I will throw in my legal services for free. That'll nice. Be my contribution it's called to the sweat syndicate. equity. Yeah. But I have a requirement. Uh, I would say five DH appearances for me sure. personally yeah, yeah, yeah. per year. You don't have any interest in playing Late the field? innings, you know, games lopsided. Right. I'm not saying I come in during a crucial period. Right. Do you have some friends who could actually come up with the money? I, think I, I have some friends. A couple of billion? Um, oh dear God. Um, I have some friends where I can put in some phone calls and maybe they could like sell their Toyota Corollas and we could pool, okay. we'll, you know, we'll work on it. We'll okay. work on it. Right. Now, last week, uh, loyal podcast listeners know that we talked about poor Max Stassi, the catcher for the angels yep. had the worst day ever. Now we can talk about, uh, the game you and I took in with the, at the Dodgers with yeah. the, the two grandkids. And uh, I, you know, I have a dueling scar from this game. It was a good one. We are sitting there. We were in like the fifth row behind the Dodger dugout. And these days, the ball players, you know, when they're through with the warm-up grounders between innings, they, they fling the ball high in the air, about as high as a normal human could could throw it. I mean, yeah. a real a ball player could throw it a lot higher, yeah. but really high. Because they got to get it over the safety yeah. netting. And yeah, and you see it, it happens all the time, hundreds of times in your career as, as a ball fan at the ballpark. This time... It comes to me. I mean, right, right at, well, to me. Not quite right at you. Eh, a foot or two to the right, but super close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at it, and it's getting closer and closer. I'm thinking, 
I got this. I yeah. got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bam! It hits my hands somehow miraculously. Well, so when you say a foot or so to the right, it it was aimed pretty much just on the far side of the six year old grandson yeah. seat, yeah. which means that you had to go through the six year old grandson yeah, in the same way that a an NFL linebacker, uh, you know, is it, it goes through the defensive that's line. That's how I got the dueling scar. I yeah. have to lunge. I basically go horizontal. Yeah, you know, like a good left fielder. Right, right, right. Totally you commits. Lay out sacrifice. I lay out over and through the seven-year-old I miss grandson. the ball. Yeah. The ball goes about five feet to the right. Yeah. I land on my grandson. Right. I'm on the ground. My glasses have just gouged a hole in my head. Yeah. The it's grandson's pretty much, crying. It's pretty much healed by that. He's crying his eyes out. Yeah. I look over to the guy who got the ball, right. some Next middle-aged you, guy, yeah. and I'm thinking, will he take mercy on the crying child? No, he's already given it to the three-year-old to his right. He okay. came with a kid. What are but, you going to do? Yeah. Now, the reason my grandson is crying is because I landed on him oh, yeah. and he thinks his leg is broken. You crushed him, yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy in like the second row who yeah. is observing this human drama. Yeah. And he sees a little grandson crying. He flips a ball to him. The guy happened to have a sack full a of all-star game He's a hero. balls. Yeah. So that ended the crying. So everything was fine. So, you know, that these are two pretty exciting days at the ballpark. And we'll, we'll every see. day at the ballpark. We'll see if Hardy Moreno actually actually uh, pulls the trigger to sell the team. I so mean, who uh, wants to buy it? All they got is the best two players on the planet. That's right. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Exactly. So we're going to talk about three big legal issues today. Number one, should cyber flashing be a crime? It's about to be something that you can sue for. If you, I didn't realize the technology worked like this. If you got airdrop or something, you're sitting in Starbucks enjoying your macchiato venti triple whammo. Yeah. yeah. You can look over to some babe five or six people away from you and somehow send to her iPhone yeah. your dick pic. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know this was possible. I mean, it's the same as sending it, it via text to somebody you either do, do know or don't know. Yeah, but Unsolicited uh, genitalia pictures are the scourge of the modern age. Yeah. I mean, it's the scourge of every, every you know, woman on a dating app and presumably a gay man on a dating app as well. I mean, it's just so we're gonna, they're inundated. With we're going to get into that as to whether it should be a crime. A second issue, uh, we're going to get into our, our evergreen topic of uh, we got to... Change the way we pick judges because judges vote the way the politicians who appointed them want them to vote. And, right. and I just think that's wrong. And finally, we're going to talk about the raid, the Mar-a-Lago raid, yeah. uh, the David Brooks question out of The New York Times. Did the FBI just reelect Donald Trump? I mean, Donald Trump was on the ropes. DeSantis was about to just put his knee in his chest. And that has all changed. And at the end of the episode, we'll have our usual feature, Guess the Verdict. I give some real-life facts to Connor about a legal dispute. It's the case of the overzealous vice cop, and Connor's going to get, going to, get to guess the outcome of this uh, story. Can't wait. So uh, before we get to uh, the cyber-flashing thing, a couple of uh, miscellaneous items. Uh, it's I, I saw a T-shirt. Uh, actually, this has a baseball connection too, Connor. saw a T-shirt, um, and it said, Blessed and highly favored on it have you ever heard of blessed and highly favored no never okay heard. it's a snoop dog song oh okay i'd never heard sure. of it i barely heard of snoop dog i know i know all these i just know he's like a cannabis it. spokesman right <laughs> sort of yeah and so uh i look at it and you know the trick of the eye you see something and you don't read it that carefully 
I thought it said blessed and highly flavored. And I thought, why is this guy <laughs> walking around a t-shirt that says he is blessed and highly flavored? What could that mean? But I got it wrong. But of course, it brought to mind the story of, about the, the Dodger playoff game I attended several years ago. It really is a baseball podcast. It really is. Somebody somebody gave me uh, really nice tickets. We were like front row, uh, uh, seeing, the, seeing the Dodgers in a playoff game. And I was sitting next to uh, the son, I think the son of the guy who gave us the tickets, uh, come to think of it. Okay, so the okay. son's sitting next to me. And he's wearing a blue T-shirt uh, with a, a Pepsi uh, logo on it. You know, the, the Pepsi, the stylized font. You, you can't miss it. You see right. it and you know yeah, it needs Pepsi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's got the right colors, the right design. But if you look at it carefully, Connor, it didn't really say Pepsi. Oh, no. It was a five-letter word. And okay. it started with P. And the second okay. letter is E. Oh, okay. But it wasn't Pepsi. It was another word. It took seven innings. Oh, it's like, it's an uh, it's an unsolicited uh, unsolicited yeah. uh, in, a, in a major shirt. way. Yeah, it took six or seven innings for somebody from Biloxi, Mississippi, to call into ABC. Hey, you know that fellow in the front row? He's got a t-shirt that offends me. I got to tell you right now. <laughs> says penis. And the two burly security guards. They didn't send Wimpy Wally Cox, Paul right. Rubens, right? Security guys. My uh, apologies to Paul Rubens. I'm a big fan. Yeah, you're not Wimpy. Uh, but they come down and they say to the fella, you, we, you can't be wearing that shirt here in, in the stadium. Yeah. So the guy looks up at him as he as if he knew they were coming. And of course. he says, oh, no problem. He whips the shirt off. Now he's topless. Indecent exposure. Now he's topless right. on national TV. Yeah. And he puts it on uh, inside out. Oh, nice. And you can't read it. It doesn't even say, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, I, I right, have right. to go through the whole thing backwards. <laughs> this is a family show. Anyway, um, so yeah, there, there's the trick of the eye. Yeah. So here's another trick of the eye. I'm walk- I was uh, at the Kobe Bryant uh, picture uh, trial in a federal court downtown course, LA yeah. today. And it uh, wraps up closing arguments. Uh, we're going to get a verdict maybe later this week. We'll be talking about it next week on the podcast. So I'm looking up uh, at this uh, light pole and I see uh, a bumper sticker is, 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 and it says Kobe COVID-19 is a hoax. COVID-19 is a hoax. And I thought, who the what? hell? Yeah. Who the hell believes this? And who yeah. would put it on a bumper sticker up on a light pole? Yeah. Tiny print underneath it. And I actually had to walk closer. And I peer up and I see infowars.com. Nice. Yeah. So Alex Jones, I knew uh-huh. he was responsible for the whole hoax about the Sandy Hook shooting. I didn't realize. I never he listened is to the, the guy. Misinformation king. There's not. There's not a topic, a political uh, area uh, where he isn't wrong uh, well, and, and isn't this. misinforming the public. Here's my question: Does he really believe? Do his people really truly believe that COVID nineteen is a hoax? If so, that's a form of mental illness, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't. If I'm I don't like, think that they really believe it, I think they just want money. They're immoral. They're evil. They want sure, money from sure. stupid people yes, yes. who, if they, they give will. money to Alex yeah. Jones, they have a form of mental illness. But is there any doubt in anybody's mind as to whether Alex Jones is mentally ill or just greedy and immoral? I mean, it, the guy is taking intentionally contrarian positions that are wrong conspiratorial positions that have no factual basis or foundation. And he's using those as all conspiracy theory BS artists do to spin the counter narrative that everything you hear from the media is a lie. Everything you hear from every politician is a lie. And while that is a well-founded position because 
the media is often misleading and confusing and politicians are often misleading and confusing. It doesn't mean that their brand of conspiratorial BS is correct. And that is the problem is that we live in an age of disinformation and misinformation. We live in an age where nobody trusts any outlet, any politician on any subject. And as a result, you can spin any story, sell the public on any story and make an incredible amount of money on it. So the question in my mind is not even is Alex Jones intentionally evil or is he just sick? Does he actually believe it or does he not? And is he just doing it for money? To me, it doesn't matter. If somebody marches with the KKK and wears the robes, if somebody watch, marches with the neo-Nazis and chants and carries your tiki torch and chants, you know, Jews will not replace us. It doesn't matter to me whether they're doing it to trigger the libs. I don't care if they're doing it because they got unresolved daddy issues. I don't care if they're doing it because they're evil. I don't care if they're doing it just because it makes libs angry. I care because the the, what matters is the outcome. The outcome is there are Nazis or KKK people or Alex Jones fans marching in the street and putting bumper stickers out there. That's the political climate we live in. Well, you're right. That's, that's more the reality. But aren't you curious? No, I mean, just not from at a all. human Absolutely. psychology standpoint? Absolutely, because that is how they win. They win by saying such incredibly, ridiculously over-the-top things that you f- are forced to engage with them. It's right. the, how, do they, how does he win? I mean, either the, way, Alex Jones lost big time in court, and now he's forever tainted, and he's gone matter. bankrupt and doesn't so matter. on. He's not actually bankrupt. He declared bankruptcy to protect his ass. Assets. He made money, money somewhere. He made Cayman money in that trial. The Infowars makes more money uh, in a month than he lost in that trial, and they will make more money as a result of the. Well, publicity. they make eight hundred grand a month, at least they did in their heyday. He's looking at maybe hundreds of millions of dollars because this was just the first of three trials that came up with what forty five, fifty million bucks. If he does think, have the experts said he had between one hundred and thirty five and two hundred fifty million dollars, I mean, I think they could bleed him pretty much dry if he. I suppose if his band of crazy stays with him no matter what happens to it him. basically will in my yeah, opinion and sad. that is i think the issue is that by engaging with somebody who says i want to debate about crazy conspiratorial bs nazi right. racist whatever stuff if they say you have to engage with me you have to respect me you have to listen to me he's not really debating he's bloviating me. it's not like he has dr anthony fauci on the welcome to dr fauci and we're going to talk about whether covid 19 is a hoax he just talks right? right but by entering the public sphere and by putting his ideas out there even though none of us want to engage with him just the idea of of saying is he serious what's the basis for this position as soon as you can dispense of from uh, of that position as as soon as you can say obviously this is conspiracy theory bs and there's no way that sandy hoax is a hook uh, sandy hook is a hoax and therefore boom we're done with the conversation if you go any further and say is he a bullshit artist doing this for money is he deranged is he mentally ill that's wasted brain power that could be spent on something that actually matters and it pollutes the conversation with his conspiratorial bs it's not bad for us to acknowledge that we've got to deal with those ideas D- uh, acknowledge them, think about them very briefly, uh, deeply enough to think, okay, is there any credence that we need to give this at all? No, let's move I on. I hear you, but you, you said Sandy Hoax is a hook. Now, I is did. that a form right. of podcast dyslexia? Yeah, it is. Maybe absolutely. so. Uh, well, when we come back, we're going to talk about whether cyber flashing should be a crime. But first, Connors can tell you how to rate and subscribe to Too Many Lawyers. Yeah, check us out on whatever podcast platform uh, you prefer. That's probably numerically Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, click the join 
button. Join or me, Spotify. Or Spotify uh, or Stitcher or whichever one you like. Uh, and if you're on Apple, uh, the button to uh, get the podcast pushed to your phone every week is join. So hit that button. Why does it say join? Don't a- don't worry about it. Don't ask questions. Uh, the, the overlords at Apple have made this decision. Uh, others would be might, su- might be subscribe or add this podcast. And you'll get the episodes pushed to your phone every single week. You'll be a subscriber. You'll get the warm fuzzies. And you know what the ultimate warm fuzzy is? leaving us a comment or a review. We love them. Isn't the overlord at at Apple named Tim Apple? Yeah, he's Tim Apple. Exactly. That's what Donald Trump said. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right back. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So should cyber flashing be a cause of action? Uh, And if so, why not a crime? So uh, Senate Bill 53 here in California has just passed. It's going to the governor. And Governor Newsom, I believe, is inclined to sign it. It would create a path for suing people who send unsolicited sexual pictures. But it does not make it a crime. Uh, It would let uh, Californians uh, go to civil court over unwanted lewd photos sent to them electronically. You could win up to $30,000 in damages like a game show. Uh, The legislation approved uh, just the other day on the Senate floor, 37 to zero vote. Connor, nobody's in favor of cyber flashing among the senators in California. Yeah. Uh, It comes after reports of text message history and find out how many of them are actually in favor (laughs) of cyber flashing. So there were reports of men using the airdrop iPhone feature, whatever the hell that is. It's where you can share uh, an image or a file with somebody who's physically uh, close to your proximity. Like you get on an airplane and somebody airdrops you a funny meme or something. You're like, who is this person? Yeah, but how does that that work? Uh, If I'm in, of course, up in first class enjoying warm nuts, (laughs) as I always do, I'd have the warm nuts, miss. Yes, yes. yes. And there's somebody back in coach who spots me. Right. You know, like uh, yeah. like uh, uh, Kristen Wiig yeah. in, in uh, Bridesmaids, Bridesmaids Classic. Uh, churning butter on yeah. the wing. She <laughs> sees me and she wants me a se- yeah, yeah, to yeah. send me a picture of her boobs. Right. How does she like laser like magically direct it to Royal so enjoying his warm nuts? If your phone is set to accept airdrops from uh, people who are physically close to your proximity, then you show up, you you can say search for people or who are around me and Royal Oaks iPhone or whatever will show up there. Oh, so now, they have a can, list just yeah. like they get a list of networks. Exactly. And they, oh, yeah, just I like want a this network. network. Exactly. Oh, okay. But you could just set your phone to not accept airdrops if you don't want to get unsolicited uh, memes uh, sitting on the tarmac. Well, thank God. If you want. But that doesn't mean that you're protected from getting an unsolicited genitalia pic. So in my opinion, uh, you know, via text or email or airdrop or any other, or somebody walks up to you and you an envelope and says, I got a surprise inside, or they just open their trench coat and flash you. It doesn't matter to me whether it's digital or uh, physical. And I mean, obviously, I get why physical. So why do we really need the law? Well, physical flashing being a crime, right? That's the important distinction, right? So you've got. I think it would also be give rise to a civil cause of action. Yes, it would also. But like whether the question is, should this be, should cyber flashing be a crime separate or different from what are the considerations that make it either a crime or a civil uh, wrong? Well, you You've got the, the, the implied threat of violence uh, and assault that comes with being in physical proximity to somebody in person. Um, and if somebody, you know, 
walks up to you and opens their trench coat and is nude, then they are that built into that is the possible implied threat that I'm in physical proximity to you and I'm doing something that's culturally and socially and legally unacceptable. I'm, and therefore, I may break other rules. And laws. I may touch you. I may assault you. Something else might terrible happen. Right. So that is bad. Right. Digital is a level removed, but is it a level removed such that you should not make it criminal, such that it should do, fall down, deprecate down to only a civil wrong? Well, especially if we're talking about AirDrop or similar on Samsung or whatever on Google, it, it the, there's the element of physical proximity's back, right? right. W- whether the guy has his pants off right now doesn't matter. What matters is he had the you know de- decision making failure uh, to be you know a, a social and 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 legal deviant and break the rules civil or criminal here and send you an unsolicited genitalia pic and he's physically close to you that's a lot like flashing i mean flashing from across the room is a lot like flashing yeah, yeah. close up right so yeah, right. i can see why when it comes to a physical like airdropper similar that might actually should actually possibly be different than text or email but really the question should be is somebody you know showing you their genitalia with with an indication of some kind that they are in close proximity. Because if somebody texts me or emails me a genitalia pic and attaches with it the words, could, I'm right behind you, that's the same. That's just as bad. stop saying genitalia? I no, mean, never. Okay. So here's some details about the bill, Connor. Please. It applies to senders 18 and older and defines obscene images as anything that depicts a person engaging in sexual acts or photos of genitals in a patently offensive way. <laughs> and that taken as a whole lacks serious literary So you can sell artistic. Michelangelo's David. Exactly. Sender. That you can Send, yeah. But you can't send a picture of, of you know, Bert of Reseda's uh, dick. Excuse me, I have to I have to send a text message. I'm going to send Michelangelo's David to my girlfriend. So here, here's my asked. question now. Why are 17-year-olds free to just send any kind right, of crap yeah. they want? Yeah. Why would a cause of action only exist yeah, if an 18-year-old... Right, yeah, 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 civil cause of action. It's not like we're putting these people in jail. Yeah. No, well, we may want to, but yeah. the legislature is... The, so the, the, question, uh, the question really is, who are we writing one law to apply to? Should should we have a different law that applies to minors? So we have different types of punishments or, or damages that can be collected. Uh, we, we treat minors differently in criminal court, uh, and we do treat minors differently in civil court for various things. For example, there is a, uh, you know, for somebody who uh, to uh, to to harm you, uh, there there is a certain certain mental capacity that comes with uh, the, the 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 requirement to be able to form intent, like in, in a battery case, um, not a criminal battery case. But if somebody batters you, that means to touch you an unwanted touching an unpermitted touching. Um, and if somebody can't batter you until they have the mental ability to form intent to hit you, and that comes around three or four years old, depending on states and you know decisions. So a two-year-old cannot be sued for civil battery uh, for slapping somebody because they're not really in control of their limbs. It's a baby. They're flailing around. They're whacking stuff. They don't really understand right. what they're doing. They don't know social norms or rules yet. And so you can't uh, be held liable, even if you get hurt, you know, because they're, they haven't formed the intent. Now, you might have a negligence claim against their parent for letting them do it or something, but you don't. you can't sue that individual. So 17 is pretty old. 17, you could form some intent, right? This really is not that type of a, a four-year-old type. This this is not uh, inability to form intent. This is a, we will later make a different law that will apply to minors because we want to get this one through the legislature. We know we're going to be unanimous on this, and it would introduce uh, the danger of, of dissent and people voting against our bill if we start talking about, well, what do we do if teenagers send each other pictures? So do we, you know, you're talking millions of dollars in damage or thousands of dollars of damages for something your 14-year-old did? Oh, no. And when you mentioned the importance of intent, Tent. That reminds me of a kind of an interesting story I spotted in the news this week about a, a monkey in the zoo in Cincinnati. Oh. So well, somebody drops their cell phone the in the monkey cage and yeah. the monkey's got it. You won't believe what he did, Connor. Mm-hmm. He dialed 911. 
Okay. Really? And then when, of course, the operator says, yes, so what's your emergency? And, he, <laughs> and I don't know what he's doing. Right. That was a pretty good monkey. Thank you. He, uh, they said, well, we've got to go out to, where is this? Oh, it's the zoo. Out they come. <laughs> and there's the poor little monkey. Now, here's my question. Yeah. We know it takes an infinite number of monkeys to type Shakespeare. Correct. Yes. Why does it take just one monkey to dial 911? I realize smart. it's just three characters. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe so. I think we design our cell phones that if you press a, a, a bunch of different numbers and different combinations, it basically gets to an emergency number. There's the really, I didn't emergency know that. number. Are you making that up? No, like you. So if I just dial ten numbers at random and it's not the White House and it's not you, no, 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 I'm I, yeah. liable to get a visit from the nine one one people. No, I mean if you press a, a bunch of different buttons and you type the numbers nine one one in in the during the string, yeah. your phone may well figure it out. I don't know what the the numbers are. I'm just saying that's that has to be a monkey argument. to do that. You probably would yeah hey when we come back what to do about judicial bias and corruption poor donald trump is a, is a victim of a this victim. possibly He's a victim. wait till you hear why meet stacy stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses call me picky but i just can't find the one luckily for stacy walmart vision has virtual try on now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door really <laughs> yeah really well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Yeah. Stick with us on Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So every week or so, I start uh, talking about uh, evil judges who don't vote their conscience. They just vote the way the people who appointed them want. And, and you know, it undermines confidence. And I'm no big uh, defender of Donald Trump, as you know. As <laughs> yeah. you know, right? Yeah. But when the magistrate judge in the federal court down near Mar-a-Lago way uh, comes out and says, yeah, I'm signing the warrant. And now he's going to redact the uh, search warrant affidavit in a way we th we believe from the reporting and the statements by the, the magistrate judge is going to be gobbledygook. Exactly what the, the Department of Justice wants. They don't want us to see all of their case against Donald Trump and Trump's what Trump wants it to reveal. This guy, he has a history of making really anti-Trump statements in a really sort of personal, you know, he's got the morals of a baboon, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not this magistrate is right on right. the right track with his yeah. political views, don't you want people with the black robe to to be a, a little more objective? I mean, another example, let me give you this okay. Dominion versus Fox uh, News uh, up in Delaware Superior Court. Yes. Remember, Fox was uh, was preaching this uh, theory or, or spreading yeah, the theory. Yeah, nonsense about you know, voting machines. Venezuelan yeah. dictators, the software, and it's a, a corrupt election. Right. And so now Dominion's going to take Fox News' launch. They're going to it's going to be D Dominion News Network. Yeah. Uh, after, and that's after kind of where lawsuit. I'm headed on this, because there's a big legal question about whether or not Fox, the, the giant Fox Corp, uh, News Corp uh, entity should be a defendant or should it just be Fox News or the people involved? And so the judge has to make the call. Well, boom, he makes the call. The whole thing, News Corp, you know, right. bring bring a Lockman uh, uh, in here for a deposition. My worry is when you look at the, the, the record here, uh, the judge is a registered Democrat hmm. appointed by a Democrat governor. Now, would you want judges appointed by Donald Trump deciding the cases that uh, where, where Trump's interests are at stake? It just doesn't seem like it. I, I just think we got to do something to figure out a new way to appoint judges where we don't have politically biased politicians yeah. appointing these I, guys. I, I they are making life and death decisions. I hear what you're saying. And they are making life and death decisions. And I think what it really comes down to is that 
There is absolutely no way to get some sort of neutral robot judge who doesn't vote based on political outcomes because politicians, judges, and human beings are all one and the same. Yeah, they but why don't, you, why don't we come up biases. with a system where uh, you work and work and work to get a panel of people, half Democrats, half Republicans, really eminent, you know, James Baker, Jimmy yeah, Carter yeah. types. They're the ones who actually make the decisions. And they pick from a pool of appointees that are nominated by, you know, partisan people, sure, sure. nonpartisan people. Yeah. Wouldn't that be better than just having, you know, super right wing governor appoints 15 judges because he's in office. Sure. Super left wing president appoints 15 judges. You can construct a situation, a, a, a system I where just you did. have an adversarial system where you have inherently biased people on either side and they argue for neutrality. Right. But in my opinion and the opinion of a lot of political scientists out there, what you're going to get is you're going to get the who's got the majority on the appointing committee at the time. And it's impossible to maintain a 50 50 because people are always secretly more conservative, more liberal than you think people. How do you appoint those people? About even number of lefties and righties well, on the you, appointing committee and you, they have a mud wrestle. Don't let them leave the room until they've agreed on the appointees. Well, how do you how do you uh, appoint lefties and righties? That's your Who job. Are those lefties and righties are, uh, are they appointed by the president? Does the president get to say, I'm going to put four on here. And then when we have a vacancy on the other side, it just what sits vacant until we we can refine the details. See, there's Connor. no possible way to create a system in which you don't end up choosing human judges at the end, because even if you end up choosing human robot judges, judges, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as removing human biases. There's no such thing as getting some sort of no, uh, you know, non. There's, there, there are only Trump judges and, and Biden judges. There are only Obama judges and Bush judges. There are only human beings with political opinions in the ways that they express them. Every single judge is a politician. There's no way to reasonably consider them anything else. And you shouldn't try because if you pretend if you say put on that black robe and therefore be impartial guess what the skirt this the, the terrible evil person who wants to disguise their intent will take advantage of your naivete they will say oh yes of course i'm neutral oh yes of course i'm glad that i've been appointed to call balls and strikes here and i am greater and better and holier than thou and i will not make political opinions everything is political the personal is political there's no escaping it you must appoint people to have the right morals and the right decision-making ability to make the right outcomes and guess what if that means that they've made statements where they say Trump has the morals of a baboon and he's garbage. And they've made statements where they say, yeah, Rupert Murdoch controls Fox News from the top like a puppet master. And therefore, obviously, he or the news, the entire corporation must be on the hook because it is really a shell behind which this billionaire and other billionaires hide in order to influence public opinion. You may this be is right. a guy who's smart and has recognized the reality of the world. That's who I want making decisions. Do I want a Trump appointee making decisions? No, because I know that Trump appointees are not smart people. They have not recognized the reality of the world. They, in fact, are lying to themselves and each other for their own personal benefit. Well, That's my political opinion, but it informs the re like, my opinions about who I want making these decisions. So you can't say, do you want liberal and conservative judges making decisions? No, I want liberal judges making decisions and conservative judges off the bench because I know that conservative judges are wrong well, about a lot two, of stuff. We have two totally In different objectives. In the same objectives. way I want conservative senators out of the Senate. Well, you, you can't <laughs> think of judges as anything but political. Yeah, but you're defaulting to to your concern about you know what's best for the country. You may be right that it's really hard inherently sure. to pick neutral people, yeah. and it wouldn't be much better than a, a president 
or a governor who are right. very partisan appointing. But I got to believe if you really work hard at coming up with a system that, you know, where you send Jimmy Carter and James Baker in a room and say, come on, guys, do your best. We only want the best, the smartest people, the most objective people. I think you're going to come up with a better pool. You put now, Joe you, Biden in the room with a segregationist senator and they make oh, the 1994 crime bill and it's garbage and always, it's terrible and it's really bad for the country. They, and they come out and they say, look, bipartisanship, bipartisanship is a cuss word. Don't they, ever say that they word. They reach across politics. the aisle. I don't want to, I don't care if you guys are in a back room giving each other the reach around across the aisle. And I, what matters is that you get good outcomes. <laughs> yep, but again, but again, you're shifting to the focus of, you know, what's right. Yeah. And we all have an idea of what's right, but you're so passionate about it. Right. You don't really want to talk about whether it's possible to objectify. Well, but I the know it's not that You want to have progressive people running the country. <laughs> exactly. I want libertarian people running the country. Right. We, we disagree about right, that, yeah. but we have to come up with a system. Mm, you and, don't. And that I think is your inherent sort of bias towards libertarianism. Well, without a system, we're in anarchy. But absolutely. We need a system where we determine who the best and smartest people are. And in my opinion, that that ends up creating uh, a situation where, where, uh, sorry, our current system does not do that. Our current system elects a bunch of middle of the road, milk toast, corporatist shills who will like AOC. Yeah, sure. Not exactly. Uh, she's uh, the rare uh, exception who is uh, even re even remotely progressive. Like right? you've got the squad. Guess she, what? They're she's only out remotely progressive. Yeah, they're outnumbered, right? Progressives, defund the police, right. kill all Republicans. Yeah, basically that's remotely what they're saying. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, look this this is uh, uh, this is I think our most fundamental disagreement, and it's not that I uh, you know think that your view of the world is. Uh, is bad or evil. And that is the difference where people, a lot of people disagree about with conservatives and liberals. They're like, oh, well, conservatives just want people to die in the streets. And and conservatives say to, about liberals, oh, uh, they just want to pretend that they're making the world a better place, but they really just want to control other people, right? They just want to run people's lives and be invasive uh, and, and decide whether I get to eat a hamburger or drive a truck. Uh, and then they will, you know, feel like they won because they're lording it over me and controlling it over me. I, neither of us thinks that about the other person. We just have a fundamental disagreement about if you do your best to create sort of a neutral system of good people who make good decisions, taking into account everyone else's opinions, what will be the outcome? And you look at this and go, well, look at uh, American history. Many times in American history, we did this. We had this great system. Uh, when we have the Constitution and we have all our civil rights and all these things, and things got better, things improved. We had great outcomes. We had great legislation. Well, you know, Nixon created the EPA, et cetera, et cetera. And I look at this and go, those are, I think, rare exceptions. I think that you know the civil rights uh, era is a rare exception where we clawed and scraped and scrapped and got improvement in our lives from a horrific starting point and not nearly far enough. And we could do way, way better than we are if we recognize the reality of human, how humans work and who they are and well, what, what they're naturally going to tend to do. And we got to stomp that out and say, look, there are these ideals that we should uphold and take big, you know, progressive strides towards instead of trying to, you know, cling to some bizarre notion of impartiality. That's impossible. Well, you I'll, can't be I'll truly impartial. I like to put the fun in fundamental disagreement. We're going to pause. We'll be right back with Too Many Lawyers. So finally, on the raid in Mar-a-Lago, yeah. do you agree with the view of David Brooks, who is the uh, probably the not the only one of two right of center uh, New York Times columnists? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to change that. He's a little left of center. Huh. 
Um, he says Disagree. the FBI may have reelected Donald Trump. Yeah. Now, uh, we don't know yet. You know, listen, there maybe there's a bunch of classified nuclear secrets and so on. Trump will look terrible, be found guilty of the yeah. Espionage yeah. Act and uh, the uh, he won't be allowed to run for president again. But barring something unusual like that, I mean, this was a pretty bold move. It's kind of like if sure. you're going to shoot the king, you better, better not, not miss. miss. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's very possible that uh, they have missed in the sense that so, that there's going to be a lot of flack and yeah. support for Donald Trump giving him uh, oxygen again. Uh, is this going to be looked back on and seen as a mistake uh, by Merrick Garland? I personally think absolutely not. And I personally think that David Brooks writing this article and other people writing similar pieces and taking similar public positions is what we call concern trolling. Concern trolling is something where uh, somebody who doesn't really understand the issue or doesn't really have the, the say, if you're talking to a progressive, you be concerned trolling the progressive, but you don't really have a true progressive's uh, uh, interests or views in, uh, in mind or at heart. You're a centrist who is uh, sort of pearl clutching and saying to the to the to the liberal or the progressive saying uh, I'm David Brooks and I get to write an, uh, an opinion in the uh, the paper every week and, and I really just have to come up with stuff to write about every week and and so I'm desperate for topics but but what if, what if, hypothetically, this actually uh, helps Donald Trump? What if uh, Donald Trump's slipping and falling down and slamming his face into a pile, a big sloppy uh, you know, puddle of mud and standing up and it's running down his face and everyone points at him and laughs and his fake tanner is running down into his shirt? What if that actually enrages his base and makes them support him harder? This is an unfounded, speculative, nonsense take that ignores the reality that Politics is a partisan game where the more the when you win, when you're perceived as a winner who's kicking butt and taking names and doing powerful things and getting away with stuff, even if that stuff is kind of slimy, you are getting more supporters. People are rallying behind you because they like strong politicians who get stuff done, who win. Everyone knows that Trump's base is out there going, oh, man, we just we just can't we can't stop the winning. All we do is win. We love it. We love it. We love it. And when you lose, when you get bad press about you, when you lose elections, when you attempt coup, uh, coups and they are overturned, when you attempt to steal national secrets and sell them to the Russians or whatever he was trying to do and it doesn't succeed, you will lose support. And to, to turn that around in, in an unfounded, ridiculous, speculative, pearl clutching, concern trolling way for David Brooks to say, oh, maybe this will actually help him just because he needs to fill inches in his contract. I think it's silly and irresponsible. We know the reality of how human uh, human brains work. They want winners. And when you're a loser, like Donald Trump has lost for several years now straight, he loses support. And it ignores the reality that the right wing media machine will just spin up his crazies to get, as as Judd Apatow pointed out on Twitter, it was a big conversation about uh, David Brooks' article. And Judd was sort of at the forefront of it because his tweet went viral about it. He said, look, th- this ignores the reality that the crazies will just get just stirred up about something else. There's there's no way that, you know, the that. The, the Trump crazies are out there perusing through the, the, uh, the you know, uh, the legal filings and stuff. He didn't say this, but this is the upshot of what he's saying. They're consuming conservative media and conservative media will feed them this line that, oh, actually, this is good for Trump somehow. And they will believe it no matter what. So you have to hold people accountably, accountable. The ultimate uh, danger is that Trump acts without uh, without repercussion, with impunity, right? That is the ultimate way that Trump wins, is he gets away with anything he wants. You must hold him accountable. You must restrain his power. And if you restrain his power, his followers will see, oh, he's not a winner. He's a loser. He wanted to do something. He couldn't do it. He attempted to do this. He, he gets kicked off, de- deplatformed, defunded, 
loses the election, fails at his coup. That is the only way to defeat a fascist. That is the only way to show that he is a loser, not a winner. That is the fundamentals. Well, are I you have really a different gonna, take. Are people going to get uh, too excited about the fact that there's a raid on, uh, on Trump? I mean, if you let him do whatever he wants and attempt coups and like... Hitler, not to Godwin's law it up and oh, compare everyone to Hitler. Oh, you just did the Godwin's law yeah. thing. You mentioned Hitler. But Hitler, uh, you know, was uh, unsuccessful at first and then ran from jail uh, in his second attempt and was successful. Not because he, you know, his supporters were so unhappy about how he was so unfairly treated, but because he got away with too much. Here's my take. It's a little bit different from sure. yours. Uh, you talk about the conservative media. Yeah. Fox is conservative, yes. right? Right. Everybody else, New York Times, Chicago Tribune, which mm -hmm. is woke now, L.A. Times, CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, they're all very left of center. Most Americans don't get their news from Fox. Most Americans get their news from the vast majority of the other sources that by and large are liberal. The great middle of the country is going to decide whether Trump gets renominated and gets reelected. Yeah. The Trumpsters are going to love him and the progressives are going to hate him. The people in the middle are going to make the decision. I keep waiting for, and I've mentioned this on the podcast several times, the Joe McCarthy moment. Joe McCarthy was favored by more than 50% of Americans on his anti-communist crusade in the 1950s. He was riding high. He was ruining people's lives through demagogic activity. Mm -hmm. He was brought down by the Army McCarthy hearings where on TV, kind of new for most people, yeah. he was shown to be a demagogue. And within months, he was gone. So you keep waiting for this moment for Donald Trump. Now, if you if he's got classified material that's got nuclear all over a top secret, then that's going to draw in the great middle. And they're going to say, OK, we're absolutely going to reject Donald Trump. Let's talk about Nikki Haley or, or Ron DeSantis or whatever. But if there are is no punchline there. And instead, what the great middle hears from that is, wow, they raided the home of a former president for, for what? I mean, they took away his passport and all this other garbage stuff. I mean, you know, you're looking for the kill shot in terms of the career of Donald Trump. And I, mean, is, I think David Brooks is, is right. Unless you've got some real smoking gun that was in that safe in Mar-a-Lago, it's going to be kind of a win for Trump. But think about that. What could possibly be the, the smoking gun in that safe. This is the constant liberal fantasy. And I place you in the centrist liberal category on this because, you know, mass media is not leftist. Mass media is not progressive. CNN and MSNBC and Ooh, the rest. We just have to agree to disagree. Barely pretend to be liberal. Really, they prop up our current neoliberal capitalist, pro-capitalist, semi-pro-democracy, but pro really- Pro-American. It's a democracy of major corporations. They're mm -hmm. the ones who vote, right? This, this is the- um, <laughs> That's a whole different issue that we don't even need to get into. That's next week's podcast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, this is a smoking gun that cannot possibly ever exist because no matter what comes out of Trump's safe, his supporters will say, oh, isn't it brilliant? that he was taking nuclear secrets to sell to they Russia. They shoot a man on Fifth Avenue theory. Yeah, exactly. There is no 
fact that even if proved true would change their minds. But you can never prove it true because all Trump has to do in the post-truth era is say it's not true and they won't. Really, really bad stuff is going to shrink his base. It's Uh, really not. There's absolutely. From 30 to 25 or 20, 15. Nothing has ever achieved that. Nothing has yet achieved that. We live in an era where nothing shrinks of the fascist space, which is always the precursor to people looking around and realizing, oh, wow, we're not going to get him on a technicality. We're not going to get him on, you know, these documents being uh, being being stamped top secret instead of classified. Oh, man, he really should have treated those documents differently. uh, And therefore, his base turns on him. No, you can convince the vast group of of smart, sane people in the middle to abandon the guy. Those people have already abandoned the guy. The only people left are the crazies. And the horrifying, tragic reality is America has enough crazies and enough apathetics that don't get involved and vote or anything or disaffected because Neither of the major uh, conservative parties, Democrat and liberal, serve them in any way. So they don't even engage with politics or vote or anything because, you know, these people aren't going to help them put food on the table anyway. So who cares? You have enough crazies as a proportion of the population that this fascist will continue to get nominated as a major party candidate and potentially even win. And he will be supported by House and Senate candidates who are also fascists. That's the reality we have to live with. You can't out logic a fascist. You can't out technicality a fascist. You can't convince the crazies not to be crazy. They're going to wear MAGA hats and T-shirts. They're going to go to political. How did they knock uh, Joe McCarthy off his perch then? If not public opinion. It was a different world, right? This is a, it was a different world where you had even less political engagement. You had a, a tiny subset of the of uh, the, the the people in America who were engaged with politics, and they were basically educated, uh, wealthy uh, white people, uh, you know, more men than women. You had you had this tiny in the fifties. A lot of I mean, hundreds of millions of people ended up seeing these TV shows. I think people were pretty engaged back in the fifties. Technology is much different now. It's easier to acquire news. I, while people, yes, it, it is easier for people to acquire news, but there's the 50s was not some, you know, rose tinted, perfe- perfect place where uh, the, the you know, everybody was engaged. You're not an Eisenhower fan, huh? It. I mean, Eisenhower, sure. OK, built the interstate, interstate highway. highway system. Can't Great take job. that away from him. Won a lot of World War II for us. All right, good job on that. Eisenhower. And he sent that spy plane like, up that the, the, the like Soviets that. shut down. Well, that wasn't great. But he tried. He tried his best. Look, it, the the idea that. We live in the 50s where um, the public believes in people like uh, who, uh, you know, Lucy, Jackie Gleason. No, the Sergeant Bilko. I, I, it's not the 50s, but uh, it, it's uh, Walter Cronkite is a great example, right? 60s. Yeah. Walter Cronkite was somebody who the public believed. And when uh, the, the Vietnam War uh, was going very badly and Walter Cronkite broke on TV and said, I thought we were winning this war after the Tet Offensive. You know, I thought we were winning this war. Is it where where are we as a country that the country is roiling? It, there's turmoil and the political uh, you know figures that, that is, you know, anchors, news anchors, the, the, the David Brooks and, and all the rest were saying, you know, this is we're, we're affected by this. We're, we're 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 putting ourselves out on the line and we're, we're speculating about where we are as a country and the public response to them. And it's not just crazy. And you remember the famous side. quote by Lyndon Johnson. Sure. If no. I have lost Walter Cronkite, I've lost the country. Yeah. And that's when that's in an age where Americans understood mass media uh, to the level where they they believed it. Right. That was a really bad LBJ impression. I'm I got to work on it. I, I couldn't. I could. I could that right. would be way worse. So now is a very different and worse political era in some ways. 
Frankly, it's a better political error in other ways. The American public is a lot harder to fool these days. I think the vast majority of them. And we have more antibiotics. That's true. Well, not for long, but for, for the time being until they're all antibiotic resistant and don't do anything, which, you know, my kid's age yeah, era. You are a pessimist. We'll, we'll live in a world without antibiotics. Well, yeah, we got fantastic. more drugs, but people are going to be resistant to them. Yeah. I mean, look, th this is an age now where we don't trust uh, mass media. We trust our personal political uh, media. Conservatives listen to Fox and trust it blindly. They're wrong to do so. Liberals listen to CNN and MSNBC and trust them blindly. They're wrong to do so. The You sound like a centrist. I'm absolutely not. I'm absolutely a far left progressive. It's just that MSNBC and CNN and Fox News are all corporate centrists who feed you the party line of elect one of the two major candidates. They will fix things for you. Guess what? They won't. Well, Neither I, hate to side support will. Your, I hate to support your wacky argument, but I guess I will because, you know, now that this guy Brian Stetler, uh, the uh, rotund commentator and host on CNN. Well, I just calls him like I sees him. Sure. He's just been fired. And, and the rumor oh, no. is that the new sheriff in town at CNN is reaching out to Mitch McConnell. And he is trying to explain to uh, the Republicans, look, you know, we want to be fair minded here. And so he's going to start firing all the lefties. So, oh, uh, my God. yeah, that sounds like a, a promising thing. Hey, <sighs> we've got time for uh, Guess the Verdict. Are you ready just for barely. this? Just barely. Yeah, let's Now, you've it. struggled a little bit in recent hey. weeks. You haven't had quite the... Don't remind the listeners. Incredible batting average. So uh, this week, I, I think, think the questions are beginning harder. I think this one might be a little easier. So let's okay. just see how you do. So okay. this is the guess the verdict uh, show, a uh, part of the show where Connor is uh, confronted with some real life facts of a real life case and he guesses the outcome. So uh, here we go. Police in Louisville, Kentucky are on the vice squad. They're I don't like them. They're investigating. Oh, sorry. That illegal, was my question. Never mind. Okay. They're investigating illegal sex worker activity. We don't like the word prostitution. So we're going to just say sex worker. I appreciate right? that. Yeah. So they made a decision to really nail down the investigation. Mm -hmm. They felt it necessary to actually have sex with the gals. So it gets wind. The police uh, Ooh, chief okay. gets wind of this and administrative charges are filed against the cops. Uh, yep. Connor, this challenging question for you. How did the administrative procedure uh, turn out? Did the guys uh, get found uh, guilty of improper conduct or uh, did they skate? Is this the world I want to live in or the world I'm, I fear this, that I might live this in? This is hmm. Louisville, Kentucky and uh, Mitch McConnell's See, uh, hometown. This is this is the issue is uh, is is are we are we living in in uh, in 2020, 2022 or 1922? And the answer, I think, hopefully, is that this makes news because these guys go down in flames for actually having done it. Now, is this a, uh, a, a administrative hearing? Uh, yes, not a criminal prosecution, which it should be, uh, because these people are having sex with somebody else under false pretenses, which means that person is, is not consenting to the type of sex that they're consenting to have in this scenario in order to arrest them for something that should not be a crime. Right. So, yeah, these cops should be in jail for this, but they're not going to be. They're barely going to be, uh, you know, on administrative leave for six weeks with pay or and something. guess what? You're right. Yes. You've got it right. I don't have the bell to ding this oh, week. Oh, don't worry about but it. But you got it right. But the warm feeling is better than I Let me ask you a bell. series of, uh, of trick questions here. So uh, these guys uh, mm -hmm. probably should be uh, civilly liable uh, for, for this conduct in terms of uh, dealing with the sex workers, right? Uh, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. And they probably should, probably should be a crime as well. Correct. Yeah. And probably they should receive the death penalty, right? 
So as 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 we didn't touch on earlier, uh, the uh, during our cyber flashing uh, issue. I don't think you fell for my trick question. Uh, You're not going to go for I the capital did. punishment here, are you? We we have to decide whether what we criminalize, obviously, because over criminalizing stuff is its own problem. We live in a society with even way when too cops many, are the defendants. Yeah, we live in oh. a society where there are way you too many freaking reasonable. laws. You can't you can't step out onto the street, drive your car, walk your dog without breaking five federal and state laws. And we overcriminalize and overpunish because every politician that comes in and says, I'm going to be tough on crime and I'm just going to crank everything up by 25 percent. And I'm going to you know, really punish those poor people and homeless people and drug users and pro- sex workers and everything else. People who are vulnerable and, and on the fringes of society. What's that? Wage theft is bigger than all retail uh, and property crime that happens in the United States combined. Uh I'm not going to prosecute those crimes. I'm not going to prosecute the crimes that where, where employers are stealing from employees. That That's not real crime to me. That's white collar crime. But I'm going to get really tough on people who rob, you know, uh, convenience stores or whatever. Yeah, and you, then we over criminalize. You, you got it wrong. Cops don't call them uh, sex workers. That's they call true. them ladies of the evening. That's true. They do. My goodness. We solved many problems in this episode. I think all the problems. Many, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're going to be back next week with another episode of Too Many Lawyers. Have a great week. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.